I've been waiting 23 years to say that. You know, somebody told me today that they were uh, behind on this podcast and that realizing they were behind on this podcast saved their work day. And I was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> okay, so someone uh, was talking to me about, they were like, Wait, I'm behind on your X Files podcast. I got to get caught up. That just saved my work day. And I'm like, Wait, what? Really? This is what saves your work day? I'm sorry. I mean, whatever works for them. <laughs> I guess so. It's always so weird when people talk to me about the podcast, like they listen and like it. Like, I don't, like, I know people are listening. And I know they're listening because they like it, but it's always weird <coughs> to me. We we still appreciate it. Like we sure we sure. <coughs> All right, let's start the show officially. This is the FBI's most unwanted. I'm Matt. I'm Justin. And we've prepared you, or at least I've prepared you for quite a while now, that we're about to talk about the worst episode of the X Files. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. So I watched I it last. I watched oh, it last yes. night when I got out of work. Uh -huh. Um, and, uh, I stay, I actually stayed at work a little bit longer than I thought I was going to cause, uh, I decided to have a couple drinks with the marketing department. Mm -hmm. And so I came back a little tipsy and I started watching it <laughs> and asleep? no, no, no. I watched the entire oh. thing, but right. I was just like, I don't know if it's just me or the alcohol. This sucks. <laughs> oh dude. <laughs> So what the bad. fuck happened in this? <laughs> okay, that's okay. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna try to explain this episode a little bit. Uh, oh no, before... I can tell you exactly. Nothing happens. <laughs> oh no, exactly. Nothing happened. But I'm gonna try to explain like how this episode came to be and maybe how it turned out so poorly, um, just with some behind the scenes trivia. And like I said right. last week, I, I came prepared with some jokes for when things get too boring. So there, there will be some jokes to tell in this episode, I promise. Sweet. Um, apparently, though, this episode was supposed to be a low-budget bottle episode because uh, several of the earlier episodes before it ended up exceeding their budget. So Chris Carter, uh, who also created the series, came up with this story idea. Uh, so that it could take place mostly in one location and be able to reuse a lot of inexpensive or free stock footage from NASA because a lot of NASA's stuff you don't have to pay for. It's, it's public information, which explains all the excessive shots of space shuttles and stuff like that just kind of taking up time in this episode. However, uh, they built the great big command center that takes place, uh, you know, a lot of the episode takes place in, and that actually ended up 
going over budget. And even though this episode takes place in mostly one location and <coughs> nothing happens, it was still the most expensive episode of the first season. Oh, boy. <laughs> because apparently they, they um, couldn't properly build a set of the inside of the space shuttle to show the astronauts so they had to spend more time on that command center set doing all the techno babble uh, techno babble expository dialogue that is also really terrible writing and i'll get into that as we go through this episode <laughs> well as we go through this episode too like the plot just makes no sense like nope, the right. main the main X file ish bit, mm -hmm. I think comes into play maybe a total of two times in this episode, and everything else is just like, uh, it's that guy did it. <laughs> yeah, in fact, uh, author Frank Lovis, uh, who wrote a book called The X Files Declassified, called it perhaps the series' dullest, least suspenseful episode. And said that the antagonist had highly unclear motives, which That's is true. So true. Yeah. And he also pointed out, which is very true, that the treatment of the Challenger disaster was a little bit tasteless. It was very tasteless. I was just like, I'm like, I'm sorry. So they we'll get more into it in the episode, but I'm like, I'm sorry. Did you just randomly put in, did this guy, that this guy just sabotage the challenger? Did this made up character with a made up, well, we'll get to it. If you're listening to this episode, hopefully you've seen this episode and I won't be spoiling anything, but we'll get to it because boy, did I write some interesting notes on this episode because Whoa. I would just stream of consciousness. What's going through my head. I was anyway, here we go. Season 1, Episode 9, Space. Written by Chris Carter, directed by William Graham. It's called just fucking space! It's just called space! <laughs> God. Uh, originally aired November 12th, 1993. And the cold open is at the Jet Propulsion Lab in Pasadena, California in 1977. Uh, basically rehashing... I mean, it's a fake news broadcast, but basically telling the story about the first ever close-up photographs of Mars taken from the Viking Observer uh, that revealed that there's water in Mars's polar ice cap, which possibly could have sustained life uh, once upon a time way back in history, and also then talk about the famous quote-unquote face on Mars, which uh, is just a weird picture of like a mountain. And that's what this guy in suit, who, by the way, his toupee, I don't know if you noticed this, that toupee was very differently colored than his natural hair. <laughs> Again, I kind of wasn't sure if it was just me or the alcohol I had consumed. Because I was all over the place on this thing. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, what's happening right now? <laughs> and right, so he's toupee, right. so, and I was just like, um... Well, his toupee is, like, very red, and then his natural hair is dark. Yeah. So it's super weird. Uh, anyway, he goes, no, no, the, the, this suit guy says, no, no, that face is just... Um, a geological anomaly, a uh, trick of the light and shadow. But then it cuts to the picture of the face on Mars on like this guy's 
uh, end table or whatever, and he's at his house now, and he goes to sleep, and he starts dreaming about an astronaut on a spacewalk who's like, oh no, there's something out here, it's coming, oh my god, holy god, save me, or whatever he says. And then the suit guy, guy, he wakes up and he stares at the ceiling and there's this very bad special effect of the shadows swirling and a face on his ceiling that screams at him and comes down at the screen and then it's the opening credits. (sighs) Already super weird and confusing. Uh So then we get a whole bunch of shots of the space shuttle getting ready for launch. Like I said, lots of stock footage in this episode. (laughs) Uh, Mission control. Ground Uh, control to Major Tom. Yep. Ground control to Major Tom. And we see Suit Guy there at mission control. We still don't know what his name is. Just call him Suit Guy for right now. And it's like three... And it's like 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3. Oh, no, abort. Something's wrong. We got to stop the mission. So the mission stops. And then two weeks later in Washington, D.C., Mulder's sitting outside having his sunflower seeds. And we hear Scully say something about a note. Like, what did that note say? And Mulder's like, well, it just said that this person works for NASA and they want to talk to somebody from the FBI. And Scully's like, well, why is it all weird and covert? And Mulder's like, I don't know. And then a lady walks by and uh, she's like carrying a briefcase and wearing sunglasses. And she stops and she looks at Mulder and Scully and you realize, oh, we saw her at Mission Control in the beginning. Like, Sukai was standing next to her or something. I don't know. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, let me tell you what. It took me forever to get through this episode. I kept, like, pausing it, getting up, going to get a drink, going to the bathroom. <laughs> like, I was so bored. Uh, and Mulder and Scully finally notice her and she says, hi, I'm Michelle Jenneru and I sent the note and, uh, God, there's a whole bunch of blah, 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 blah about what she does at mission control and I work for NASA. And then finally she gets to the point and says, I think someone's committing, ex- uh, committing sabotage. She re-explains the cold open to Mulder and Scully something something part was broken something (laughs) something something. (laughs) could have caused explosion there's so much techno babble in this episode that was the thing that could really turn me off was like the techno babble made no sense well that's the thing it's not like there's a um there's two different kinds of techno babble. There's Star Trek techno babble where they're not really saying anything real, but it um, is like adding to the. I mean, this is trying to add to the plot, but it's all real stuff. But even within the episode, they end up realizing, oh shit, nobody's going to explain this, or no one's going to understand this because they have. Like a whole bunch of techno babble, and then Mulder will lean over to Scully and say it in regular terms. Like he's explaining it to her because she's the audience. Of course. It's so bad. It, that's bad writing. It's so awful. Um, 
And I like Chris Carter for creating the X-Files, but I hate him for creating this episode. <laughs> anyway, uh, so this lady, Michelle, she pulls a photo out of her briefcase that was sent to her in the mail, and it shows something about scoring marks on this part that's made out of some unbelievable material that can't be scored without super high heat and cause the malfunction of the doohickey. Uh, <laughs> the it meets the doohickey. Yep. Uh, Mulder's like, so this is evidence? And she's like, well, no, but uh, sort of because... Like, I was told you guys deal with the unexplained, and the thing that's unexplained about this is it couldn't be sabotaged unless there was a lot of heat, and without, with, if someone was using something that caused that much heat, someone would notice it, and so no one at NASA will believe me if I told them about this part. Something. More yada, yada, yada. Need to hurry up and solve this because there's another launch tomorrow. And Michelle's fiance is an astronaut on the shuttle. So we go to the Houston Space Center. And oh, that's who was on the shuttle. God. Yep, her fiance. They yep. they yada yada so much over that I could, I was because I'm like, why is she so? I'm like, wow, she's really like. She's really dedicated to getting these guys down. I mean, it yeah. Up, yeah, it only comes up two whole times in the episode um, that that's her fiancé. And kind of at the end, it comes up a third time uh, because we see him. He's standing next to her, like holding her hand or something. Yeah. Uh, so at the Space Center, Scully's wondering why anyone would want to sabotage a space shuttle. And Mulder says a lot of gobbledygook about terrorists maybe wanting to blow it up because it's a sign of prosperity or something about people against big science and money going through government and whole bunch of shit. I didn't notice because Scully looked really good in this shot and I was paying too much attention to that. Uh, and finally we get to the point where finally Mulder goes, Oh, and by the way, a lot of folks believe that the government purposefully sabotages a lot of space projects to cover up the existence of aliens. And Scully rolls her eyes and says, Oh, of course. <laughs> so uh stuff about Mulder getting excited he's gonna meet his childhood hero from this one space mission where he I guess emergency <coughs> landed and his name is ridiculous by the way it's Colonel Marcus Aurelius Belt <laughs> and I know, and it turns out Colonel Belt is suit guy. So Mulder gets all excited because he meets his hero. And so, God, it just keeps getting... This is even worse than Ghost in the Machine because they show him the, the photo that Michelle had and another huge yada yada argument. And Colonel Belt says something about like, nope, no sabotage. And Scully's, of course, is like, well, we probably should postpone this launch because... You know, we need to do a full investigation. And Colonel Belt is like, nope. And so they argue more. And finally, Mulder just goes, fine. Can we launch? Can we- fine. Can we watch it from mission control? And I wrote in my note, what a nerd. He's such a nerd. <laughs> what a nerd. He wants to watch a shuttle launch like a big boy from the mission control. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. 
And so Mulder and Scully go to a bunch of science, technician, whatever they are, show them the photo of the part, and they're shocked to see it, and then repeat all of the things that Michelle already said about why this thing shouldn't be broken. And I'm like, why are they repeating the information that we learned five minutes ago? <sighs> and lots of more technical analysis and why instead it's so boring. I got to this. Is, I put in my notes instead of explaining what they're talking about, just tell a joke because I, all of their stuff is so boring. So here's my joke. My first joke, and by the way, these jokes, at least most of them, are coming from Gilbert Gottfried's book, Rubber Balls and Liquor. He calls oh, them Jesus Christ. He calls them clip and save jokes. He wants you to tell these jokes to your friends. So I'm going to. Here we go. Two desperately horny guys are stranded on a deserted island with a beautiful woman. At some point, after much begging and pleading, this is us, by the way. The woman agrees to have sex with them. They've all been stranded on this island for so long that even she is desperate and horny. And so the two men and the beautiful woman start having wild sex in every conceivable position. They go at each other over and over and over, day after day, upside down, front and back, inside out, until finally the beautiful woman can't take it anymore. She says, oh, I'm so ashamed of myself and what we've been doing here. I'm going to kill myself. And she does. She wraps a rope around her neck and tosses the loose end over the branch of a tree and hangs herself. Two months go by and one of the men looks at the other and says, I'm so ashamed about what we've been doing here. And the other man says, you're right. I guess we should bury her. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> that is horrible by the way it is horrible but it is funny i do really like it even though it is really horrible so um that's that and anyway while uh Mulder and scully back to the incomprehensible plot of this fucking episode uh Mulder and scully while they're talking to these space shuttle nerds are um being secretly watched by Colonel Belt. I cannot get over that name. It's so bad. Colonel Belt. Anyway, um, then they leave the space shuttle nerds and Scully says something about, well, maybe he knows what's going on and he lied. And Mulder's like, oh no, he was an astronaut. He wouldn't knowingly put those other astronauts in danger because, you know, it's his hero and sometimes we all have trouble letting go of our heroes when they've done something awful. And so uh, the next day is another launch and more stock footage of the shuttle getting ready to launch and it goes into space and everybody's happy. Woo! And while they're celebrating, Michelle looks at Mulder and gives him a thumbs up and he gives a look back and I wrote in my notes in capital letters, look how goofy he looks. <laughs> he is such a nerd and like I was like, there's so many times in this, I'm like, he looks like me. Like, if I was invited to, like, backstage at a concert, I know. but you didn't know, know how to react. In the, in that way, like, the, if there's anything good in this episode, it's seeing how happy Mulder is dealing with NASA stuff. He thinks it's, like, the greatest. Because you're right, it does. It reminds me of, like, us if we were, like, hanging out backstage at Comic-Con. <laughs> Yeah. 
And uh, Colonel Belt notices how goofy Mulder looks and that Michelle's looking at him and he looks all mad and stuff. So uh, Mulder and Scully are at their hotel and Mulder's like, oh, you know, he's all excited. He's like, I finally got to live a boyhood dream. And Scully gives him a jab. She goes, yeah, ranks right up there with getting a pony and learning how to braid my own hair. So that at least is good (coughs) stuff. And then Michelle runs in and she's like, wait, wait, something's wrong. Techno jargon, something, something. No oh my more communication God, yeah. with the sh- First of all, first of all, uh, they're like at a hotel now. Like yes. they're obviously at some sort of hotel going to their room with a bellboy. Yep. This woman just shows up out of nowhere, figures mm-hmm. out where they are. And this seems to be like miles Apparently, because of what happens throughout this. And I'm like, this makes no sense. Yeah, it's super weird because isn't Houston, you know, like one of the biggest cities in Texas? And she's like, we need to drive back to Houston. Yeah, this makes no sense. Was was every hotel room in one of the biggest cities in Texas fucking out of hotel rooms? (laughs) It was. I'm just like, why are you driving? You make amazing time if you're just or like heading back, got from Houston to a hotel and then going back to Houston. Because while they're driving back, it seems like they're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah, pouring rain. This is the next like fucking fog everywhere. Like, she can't see. Mulder says something about a press blackout happening, and while that's going on. Michelle can't see out of her car, and then the stupid face flies at her out of the fog, and she wrecks her car. Not, not only does she wrecks her car, like, the car's not even going fast enough when it wrecks, but somehow <laughs> I mean, it, it, like, <clears throat> teeter-totters, so it flips over itself front end, so it's completely it, it, over. Yeah, R- lands on the roof somehow, even though they were barely going fab they pull her out of the car she somehow has just like a cut on her head which um, which which throughout this scene too like scene wise and like direct like script wise they were it they kept repeating this she's like i'm stuck are you hurt i'm stuck are you wedged in i'm stuck can you give me can you get out i'm stuck i'm like shut the fuck up <laughs> yeah So Mulder's like, what happens? And she's like, oh, there was this face. And I'm like, okay, sure, whatever, face. We're going to find out what this is. And they're back at mission control. And there's more goddamn techno babble. And basically, this is the first time Mulder leans over and goes, yeah, it's getting really hot up there. They can't turn it away Uh, from the sun. Because... Because we didn't understand what they just said. Aside from, I think they said something about 103 degrees. They they said like I I understood exactly what they said when they're like they're belly up facing the sun. I'm like okay, they're burning. Yep, and so that and lots more of that. And mission control can't do anything manually. And I got to tell another joke: a Jew, Italian, and a Polish guy and a midget <laughs> walk into the bar, and the bartender says, "What is this? A joke?" <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I got one. I got one. Okay. Man man walks into a bar with a piece of asphalt under his uh under his uh arm. He goes mm-hmm. up to the bartender and says, Two please and one for the road. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> that took me a second. Oh, God. Okay. Still better than this episode. Yep. Just so we know. <clears throat> All right. Um... I lost my place. I guess it doesn't they're matter. They're back they're back at mission control. She has a cut on her head. Like they like nothing's happening. And oh yeah, they, they like, find right. They find out that they can't something because of interference with the data banks, whatever the fuck those are. And so Michelle and Scully and Mulder run off up some stairs to the place where the data banks are. Cue the Betty Hill chase music. That'll happen again later, too. Uh, And they find a very stereotypical, chubby, nervous science dude who clearly wasn't the bad guy since there's something about no one else there and something, something call security. So they go back to the control room and... Michelle tells Colonel Belt that something jamming a signal, something more arguing. Belt looks upset, finally says, I'm going to cut off ground control and the orbiter has to figure it out themselves because we can't do it from here. So ground control shuts down and they lose communication with the shuttle. And Michelle's there like timing it and too much time goes by and finally they reestablish ground control and it turns out the orbiter is safe. Here's another joke for you. Okay. <laughs> Two antennas fell in love and got married. The, the, the wedding wasn't much, but the reception was incredible. <laughs> wow. Great. Yeah. And so Colonel Belt is in the bathroom washing his face, and he looks at himself in the mirror, and he's very upset. And then there's a press conference. Um... Something, something, uh, Colonel Belt lies that everything went okay. This episode's really super stupid lame so far. Uh, Scully says something to Michelle about how Colonel Belt knew what he did would work. And Michelle says he didn't know. The crew could have died and no one could have done anything about it. And Scully's like, well, then why did he do it then and michelle's like well if he had just brought the men back to earth without delivering the payload that would have wasted millions of dollars and the government could have used that to shut down nasa and Mulder's all sad now because belt lied and because he took that big risk just to something and Mulder runs after him and is like why'd you lie and belt is like because the press really just wants something to screw up and that's bullshit and I didn't want them to know we screwed up. And Mulder's like, well, seriously, do you think something is trying to sabotage it? And Belt says something that makes absolutely no (coughs) sense. He says, my answer will be to bring those men safely back to Earth. What? (laughs) I don't know. It doesn't make sense. A nurse walks into the doctor's office and says, the invisible man is here. The doctor says, tell him I can't see him. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Two right? fish, two fish what? are swimming, and they run into a wall. If one fish looks at the other and goes, "Damn!" <laughs> I love that one. Um, oh, there was something I was gonna look up. Uh, shoot. Oh well, I'll do it later. Because uh, I'm just trying to get us through. Just so this. invigorated by this episode and how amazing it is. It so is. 
Anyway, we get to back to Colonel Belt's apartment, and this is where we learn the big secret of the episode, because he starts thinking about the spacewalk from the cold open, and his face twists and turns gray in this terrible special effect that looks like the face on Mars, of course, and then his face turns normal, and a mist comes out of him, and he floats away... And the mist floats away out the window as he reaches out. He's been possessed by an alien ghost. That's the big twist of the episode. Alien ghost. Dun, dun, dun. That's the... An alien ghost. An alien ghost. It's so fucking dumb. God damn it. That's like the worst reveal ever. <sighs> so, they cut to the space shuttle, which is orbiting over Canada, and uh, they tell Houston they go. They their accents all change. By the way, they turn into Bob and Doug McKenzie, and they say, "Hey, Houston, you hoser, hey, there's something weird going on up here, eh? There's like a dull thump going on, and you know what that's all about? And oh shit, there it is again, you know, thump outside the ship or whatever." And this is when the science, another science guy runs off. Q Benny Hill. So science guy runs off and he finds Mulder and Scully and Michelle looking at data banks stuff. Science stuff. Science stuff. Um something something anyway uh they're losing oxygen in the oxygen yes space shuttle uh just get i get more and more angry with this episode (laughs) i do too uh oh and by the way we find out colonel belt is not there he was supposed to be there 90 minutes ago uh you ever did, did you ever read what uh did you ever read what the joke Tyrion lannister was always trying to tell in game of thrones was no. All right. Tyrion says, you know, I walked into a brothel with a honeycomb and a jackass once. And the madam of the brothel says, what can we do for you? And Tyrion says, I need a woman to lay with, for mine has left me. And the woman says, what for? And what's with the honeycomb and the mule? Well, my woman found a genie in a bottle and he granted her three wishes. The first was for a house fit for a queen, so he gave her this damn honeycomb. The second wish was that she would have the nicest ass in all the land, so he gave her this damn donkey. And the woman says, what about the third wish? And Tyrion said, well, she asked the genie to make my cock hang down past my knees. And the woman says, well, that's not so bad, huh? And Tyrion says, not so bad. I used to be six foot three. <laughs> oh my god yep exactly that's a short joke right there <clears throat> something Mulder and Scully run off to find Colonel Belt uh, he finally comes to the door he looks very sick then they go back to mission control and Belt is with them and more techno babble. Belt says something about some kind of procedure. Mulder attempts to explain it in layman's terms. Didn't get across because I was having a really hard time paying attention at this point. And Michelle says, nope, you're not going to do that. That's dangerous. And Belt says, no, it's not. And so if, if your personal life is getting too much in the way of your job, you better leave. So she does. And Scully follows her and Mulder looks all sad. And then he leaves too. And 
then there's this whole scene where Michelle is upset and crying and says that, you know, Belt is losing it and all those men are going to die. And Mulder's like, no, 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 no. He's an astronaut. He wants to bring those men back alive, too, because, I mean, it's like he's my hero. Yeah, it's like people who, after the Michael Jackson documentary, couldn't admit that maybe Michael Jackson fiddled kids. Uh, (laughs) Who I went there. I probably shouldn't have. Eh, whatever. Um, So, fighting something, need access to some recorder. Uh, Then there's literally a scene of them just going through documents. That's the scene. Them just pulling documents off of shelves and looking at them. (sighs) And so finally, the space shuttle delivers its payload, and then the ghost is outside the ship. (laughs) White fog and everyone on the yelling and belt yells and the crew yells and everybody yells and Mulder and Scully are on the floor and looking at papers and finally they find these pieces of evidence that he knew about these shuttle defects one of them is the uh the fact that he knew that the o-ring that caused the challenger to explode was defective like okay um and michelle comes in and is like belt is collapsed in his office and they run in and he's under his desk going (laughs) okay um i gotta say (laughs) <laughs> this this sequence I call complete bullshit on. Okay. Because first of all, he's he's literally just crying under a desk. Like he's curled yes. up and in fear. So they're like, he's having a seizure. I'm like, that's not a seizure. He's crying. And he's like, get, get a stretcher. Get a doctor. The guy's clearly mm-hmm. having a seizure. I'm like, that's not a, se- that's not a seizure whatsoever. They get him on the ta- get him on the thing. And then they're like, we're losing him. He's like, no, he's just having a panic attack. And he's like, no, right. we're losing like, him. His blood going way up. And, yeah. and then like, like, the other guy. He's just going to. He's just fucking. He's just having a freaking nervous breakdown, and, he's, and like, and Scully's like putting a finger in front of us, like, "No, focus on this. Focus on this. He, we're gonna lose him. Not. We're not gonna lose him. Oh no, Trying we to gotta him. get him some oxygen." Finally, this guy. Basically, the whole point is like he's having a hard time saying, "Like I." did it like i couldn't stop them they don't want us to stop them they don't want us to go to space or know about whatever the fuck i could barely understand him and but the finally they're like oh god we gotta shock him his heart is stopping but the funniest part of that whole thing is the other scientist dude who walks in and just nonchalantly is just like um hey so, By the way, there's guys in space who have no air. Yeah, but just so nonchalantly, just be like, okay, we we got him back. Like, does even doesn't even register the fact that they're like that their commander in charge mm-hmm. is like weirdly having this weird panic attack with no shirt on. While they're like using a defibrillator from oh, a panic attack. We forgot to mention his face does like morph in this scene where in Michelle's like, oh God, that's the, that's the face. That's the, she's the, the only one that notices. It's like, it like, that's another thing. Like, like if you saw that, you'd probably freak the fuck out. Like, what the fuck is that? But like everyone else is just like, everyone else is just like, no, this is normal. This is normal. Look at my finger. Look at my finger. He, we're losing him. I know. We're losing him. 
And so she runs out to save the shuttle and Mulder's like, well, how do we save it? And he's like, you got to change this trajectory. Trajectory of 35 degrees. And Mulder's like, you got to do this. And Michelle's like, well, if they do that, then they've got to land in somewhere that we didn't plan them to. Quick, hurry up. We're about to lose them. I think it's like Albuquerque. You got to go to Albuquerque. Albuquerque, Albuquerque. I said A L B U Kirky. Um, sorry. I have to do anything to make this episode interesting. Um, so, and now we get this whole really long scene of tension during radio blackout because that is a thing that happens when space shuttles re enter the atmosphere. There's a whole big period of time where they're out of contact with ground control and ground control doesn't know if they're safe until they can reestablish radio contact with ground control. Especially with Major Tom. I'm just going to keep throwing that out. (laughs) Yeah. Can you hear me, Major Tom? Anyway, uh, basically, oh God, I've got to wrap this up. I can't go detail by detail. They fucking land in Albuquerque. They're safe. Okay. Like they're land they're, Everything's fine. The weird ghost thing's gone. And then it literally except for that. It's actually at Colonel belt and makes him jump out a fucking window and kill himself at the hospital. The end. The end. And then there's like the scene of his, then there's the scene of his funeral that is completely fucking pointless. Like Mulder, Scully, and Michelle are all at his fucking funeral. Mulder looks at her, uh, at Michelle and nods and Michelle nods back. And that's the end of the episode. What the fuck? (laughs) Uh, Horrible. Yeah. This guy says to his girlfriend, you've got a tight twat and no tits. So the girlfriend says, get off my back. <laughs> oh, God. I love, how you have dirty, I love how you have dirty jokes and I have like very stupid dad jokes. <laughs> it's fine. Which, which, by the way, uh, I don't know if I ever told you, but I went and did some seafood disco the other night and, and I pulled a muscle. <laughs> oh my god i was wondering where the hell that was going i did not that one did get me i did not expect that that was pretty good oh yes oh shit so that was space everybody space. the final frontier the final frontier these are the voyages no i can't go th- i've been watching a lot of star trek still this is not a Star Trek podcast. I'll have to find somebody else to do that show with. Yeah, because I don't know if I like. I don't watch enough Star Trek to follow along with that. Right. Yep. Um. Okay. Well, I think we've made our thoughts very clear. But just in case, final thoughts and letter grade. Burn this in a fucking dumpster fire. It's a big fucking f. <laughs> Yep. Uh, Holy much shit. That's it. I, I, I tweeted out this morning on my personal Twitter account. I wrote, I just sat through the X-Files episode space for only the second time and the last time. I did that for my podcast listeners. I hope they appreciate me. <laughs> There's a, the, it, It's one of those things where like, uh, I don't know if I ever told you, I don't know if I ever showed you photos, but there is a guy uh, mm-hmm. who takes Funko Pop figures and he like drills and makes them into like zombie versions and stuff. Oh, that's kind of cool. 
It's cool, but it made me want to go find Mulder and Scully Pops and mm-hmm. not make them into zombies, but just destroy the fuck out of them. Just like, all right, I'm done. I'm so done. <laughs> Don't do that. They, they, they're, they're kind. Of, I have those. They're, they're kind of, sort of expensive. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. They'll find Don't, some weird Japanese knockoff ones. I mean, they're not the most expensive X File, or not the most expensive pop figures, but uh, they are kind of. In fact, they. Uh, let me double check here real quick what they are. Uh, do, 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 fine. I've opened my Funko app, my trusty, bad for me Funko app. And. Wait a minute. Where's my Mulder? Oh, it's listed under Fox. I went to M, but he's fo- the Fox Mulder one is worth twenty eight bucks. Uh, averages a value of twenty eight bucks anyway. And then Dana Scully averages uh, about thirty two. Man, let's not start. We're just gonna start like another <laughs> po- another podcast that's like nothing but collectibles. And our, yeah, if you want to hear us talk more about Funko Pops, that's what the Two Broke Geeks podcast is for. Yes. All right. So everybody's homework for next week is the episode titled Fallen Angel. It is um, slightly noticeable, or slightly notable in that it introduces a minor recurring character named Max Fennig. Okay. Yep, he's not like a big recurring character, but he does come back, and uh, next week's episode is very UFO heavy. So, talk more about aliens next week, but not alien ghosts. <laughs> because Why not? We're, because we're done with alien ghosts forever. <laughs> Are we, though? If I can help it, unless you bring it back up. I'll find a way. <laughs> All right, you be that asshole. Then. I'm gonna. <laughs> okay, that's it. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. The FBI's Most Unwanted is a production of Two Broke Geeks Entertainment and is part of the Atomic Geekdom Network. Find the flagship Two Broke Geeks podcast wherever you download podcasts or online at twobrokegeeks.com. You can find the Atomic Geekdom Network at atomicgeekdom.com. Our artwork is by Justin Kowalski. You can find him on Twitter at J underscore Rocka. Our theme music is by Tony Longworth. You can find him on Twitter at Tony Longworth or on Facebook, Tony Longworth Dark Composer. You can help out the podcast by subscribing and leaving us a review. Thanks. 